I hope not. Oh, yeah, it's so hot. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should get more air conditioning. Oh, yeah. Even with my air conditioning, I'm not exactly comfortable right now if I have to move around too much. Oh, yeah, it's too hot. I'm too fat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll just get started in case you die. So, everybody, welcome to Chaos Ever. I'm your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. And that guy over there is called by many... The David Arquette of podcasting, Mr. Artivice. I will rule you. I was going for world champion that everybody hates, but you you can go with, uh, ready to rumble. That's fine too. <laughs> Good movie. Fuck you. <laughs> that was my fault. I meant that to come out better. Um. So yeah, here we are. The reason that came into my head is because we're going to be going back in WCW uh, with some Nitro. So that's going to be fun. But before we get into that, it's time for some AEW Corner. Well. All right. So before we get into the AEW Corner, just give me one second. I don't know if it's going to record, but I have to look something up. So I'll be right back, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's um, uh, Okay. All right. So the reason I had to look something up is because I teased this. Um, that I had a personal interaction that I wanted to get into, so that's where we're going to start because it happened. It has to do with evolu- or elevation. Uh, so on elevation this week, there was a tag team that premiered uh, that are, they call themselves Bums R Us, and uh, their gimmick is exactly what it sounds like. They come out, they're they're dressed in like clothes got holes in them. They're in like several layers in Florida. They very much look like just two homeless guys that came off the street, and um, they. Uh, they and they just basically made the most of their minutes. Like they were fighting the varsity blondes, and obviously it's going to be a squash match because that's what Elevation mostly does yeah. and dark. But they really told the story. Like first of all, they came out and they actually had like um, it looked like a can of beans and shit with them. So like I said, they really looked homeless. And then before the bell even rings, they both attack the varsity blondes and start choking them with their shirt. And they even hit a move where one of the guys puts the other on his shoulders like a fireman's carry and then does a diving cannonball and they call that move the uh, dumpster dive. Nice. I just, and I pointed out on Twitter, these guys really stood up. They made the most of their minutes. Like I remember who they are and it, and they did a good job, even though they were lost. Like I want to see more of them. And one of the two of the guys, his name is a, uh, Milo Beasley actually reached out to me on Twitter and said, thank you for saying nice things and said he would check out the podcast. So I hope he's listening. And I told wow. you I would tell nice things because I was really impressed with you guys. So, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's my Twitter reaction and one of the things that happened at Elevation. Not the only thing on Derek I'm going to talk about, but I wanted to make sure I definitely got that shout out in. Yeah, for shizzle. So um, the next say. thing... That because before we get to dynamite, because obviously, unless wait, did you actually watch dark at all? I'm just taking a shot. Did you do it? Totally. <laughs> all right, then I'll just get into the, the other thing that stood out for me really good 
Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was also on elevation, but it could have been dark. Um, uh, Wardlow and Sean Spears had a tag match together against some guys also debuting. And Sean Spears is doing so good with his psycho gimmick. So he was in the match against one of the two guys who was fighting him. The guy did something to piss him off. It was minor too. Like it wasn't like a whole thing, but like you could, he immediately started acting pissed off when the other guy's partner tagged in. Didn't matter that the guy had him in an arm lock. Spears never stops looking at the guy that's on the apron now until he basically gets away from his other opponent, pulls that the first guy into the ring, just punches the shit out of him until Wardlow comes in and stops him. It was just, yeah, it was just so good. It was such good character development. I'm like, oh yeah, no, he's he's got this. He's he's got something good going here. So I wanted to definitely put a highlight on that. So yeah, um, I just those are the two big highlights for me from the dark shows. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess we can get into dynamite, which as we're recording was just the other day. Yeah. Uh, I pulled up because I'm not not going to remember the order. I know the first match was Hangman and the. Uh, powerhouse but after that it's going to get fuzzy for me i don't know if you have it pulled up or not i turned my computer off because i wasn't thinking you're a loser well i mean that too <laughs> well you look it up i can at least start talking about hangman and a uh, powerhouse because i know yeah, that was the first thing. yeah we can talk about how much you hate hangman <laughs> i don't hate hangman i just don't think flips actually make clotheslines more effective all right, Cornette, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, listen, Cornette's actually, you know, got some points here. He's got... <laughs> no, I'm... I will not become him. No. <laughs> That's the real danger with me and Jim Cornette. It's not that I disagree with him or that I'm going to agree with him. It's that I think he might be me in about 50 years. He has the same obsessive need to know everything about the history of wrestling and I feel like there's a part of me that really relates to that. That's the danger when it comes to Cornette and me, I think. Uh, but so the match itself, I don't hate Heyman. I just said to you that I have a problem with the buckshot because I don't know why a flip over the ropes makes that clothesline more effective. Right, you hate him. But, but as far as like his character goes and the match goes, it was awesome. I, you know, Heyman is all obviously going to be the world champion sooner than later. In fact, my money's on him being the next world champion. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the match. Powerhouse Hobbs really showed me something, too. Because, uh, I mean, he's just getting so good. Like, he's getting so comfortable in the ring that, you know, you forget how relatively new he is to yeah. AEW. Or wrestling in general. So, yeah, and, no, it's uh, really impressive that he's able to, like, Kind of like what you were saying, like get so comfortable so quickly. Yeah, oh, and I I wouldn't be surprised if that has something to do with uh, being around Taz, and that actually you know paying dividends. But also oh, just the um the added benefit of continuing the Taz storyline with Starks coming out with the world title, and uh, then Brian Cage coming out to like stop Starks. That's going to be a fun match when it happens. So. Yeah, so that's like that's all I can think of for that match. Is there anything else you want to add to it if you don't have the rest pulled up? Um, yeah, the biggest thing I would like to add is just that I love the Buckshot Lariat. 
<laughs> it's the greatest. I really, I really want to make that well. Well, I want to make that fact very well known. <laughs> it's the greatest clothesline finisher ever invented, and no one has ever done anything like it or ever since. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. I understand. I, I understand. That's fair. Um. Yeah. But like I said, my brains scatters instantly, so I don't remember what happened next. I'm working that. on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Trying to remember. Working on it. This is why I should like write stuff down, just because I like that's the only way my brain will retain it for any length of time. You suck. That, well, that's part of my problem in general, is because I am I am a legit wrestling historian. I really do think of myself that way. But the reason that I know stuff about the '90s so much better is because I literally just watched and rewatched and watched the same episodes over and over and over again. But I don't get the chance to do that with new stuff, so it doesn't get stuck in my brain the same way. All right. So after the after the Paige Hobbs match, uh, let's see here. You had. Let's see. Conan and uh, and Tully. Okay, I wasn't sure if that wasn't later. Um, no. Yeah, for just for my opinion, because it's pretty short and sweet. I think this did everything it needed to do. Like it, it was pretty straightforward. I kind of saw it coming. Like that was obviously going to be FTR behind Conan, and they were going to beat the crap out of Conan. But, I mean, I think they did it well. There's nothing wrong with what they did. It's just, I've yeah. seen it before, but that doesn't mean it's bad. So, Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And, like, yeah, no, I, I, I liked it. It was really good. Um, let me see. I'm just trying to think. Uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much more about it. Uh, Conan, obviously, talked about being raised in the streets. You know, right. doing the typical kind of thing to kind of pump up San, Santana and Ortiz, uh, how they've been stabbed, shot, and all that good stuff. Right. Um, I did like what the line of bar fights. It's, not different the same from, it's, it's different from like bar fights or it's different yeah. from like going out and hunting or something. Yeah, so that's what he said. He said it's not the same thing as like just getting the bar fights and stuff, which I did like that line. It's like FTR is this kind of tough, but we're this kind of tough. Yeah. I yeah, like people went and try to like differentiate themselves. Yeah. Oh, we did forget one thing because it's just a short little thing right before that was Sammy Guevara arriving at the arena and Sean Spears again from like behind the semi coming out with a chair and attacking him. So that was pretty good. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was basically it. they beat up Conan. They gave him the double pile driver. Yep. Um. They used the shoe as a prop because why not? Because it fell off. Yeah. Um, so, what was the next thing on the list after uh, Conan and the uh, Tully? Uh, after that, uh, Dante Martin came out because he had his match, uh, having his match with Matt Seidel. Before Seidel came out, though, he had Andrade coming out, <sighs> basically talking about how he's going to become champion. And then, like during that, though, like Seidel came out for the match, interrupting him. I was really expecting. Uh, Andrade to come back out afterwards and like attack him, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and we got to hear Vicky Guerrero do the thing that she does on Dark every week where she says, Excuse me, when Justin Roberts is trying to talk. And yep. I was just like, Good God, why are they doing this? Uh, but whatever. It was fine. Like, 
I, you know, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the of the idea of putting Vicky Guerrero with Andrade. I think she actually does a pretty good job with Nyla Rose. I just, I just, I'm not a fan of the the pairing right there. I think you could do a better pairing for him if he needs a manager. I was gonna say, I, I honestly, I don't think he needs one at all. Like his his English yeah. is fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it is what it is. But I will say one thing that I want to give AEW credit for, and I think a lot of people have given them credit for this. If that does, if it's not just me, and it does seem like that's not working in the next couple of weeks, you're gonna see AEW pivot very quickly. They're very good at that. So at least yeah. it's not like WWE where we're gonna be stuck with this for a year of Vince trying to shove it down our throats because god damn it I know it's good shit you know if it doesn't work it's going to be changed and if and if I'm wrong and it starts working good for them they saw something I didn't so yeah. um, which, yeah. which is entirely possible because I mean well it's you so. right I mean I, I, I've been <laughs> wrong once or twice about wrestling doesn't happen often once or twice, though. it doesn't happen often clearly <laughs> uh, so let's see here then, then they actually have the match with, it was a uh, great Seidel. match, too. Seidel yeah. and, and, and Dante Martin. Really, really good match. And again, this is one of those reasons why I'm, I'm going to say again, if you have the opportunity, watch Dark, because this is actually a rematch from Dark, and it's literally because that match went so well that they put it on Dynamite. So if you get a chance, you can even go back and watch the other one from Dark, and it's worth watching. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm... I've really been impressed with Dante Martin on Dark during his singles run while his brother's been injured. Um, I'm looking forward to them being back in the tag team division, especially because I think they could do some really good stuff with the Young Bucks' as heels. So, yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm a huge Top Flight fan. I love those guys. Yeah. And then, yeah, so um, and Matt Seidel picked up the win, but like it was obviously a hard-fought win. So... Yeah, all good stuff. Really nothing else to add to it except for that's probably, I would say it's still one of the better matches of the night, just offhand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so what's the next thing? Uh, you had, uh, let's see. Jungle, you had like uh, Christian coming out to Jungle Boy real quick being like, yeah, man, you're awesome and young. You surprised everyone once. You're going to do it again. Kind of like, like, it sounded great and everything, but kind of like just like the basic like face veteran talking to like face young guy, you know, right. with a big opportunity, that kind of thing. Christian basically came up and said, you love Jimmy King. I love Jimmy, I love King. Jimmy King. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's basically what, yeah, that's basically what happened. That was pretty much it. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, it was a good promo, and we'll definitely get to the, the actual match, but – I, I like I like the idea of Christian like you know kind of trying to give the rub to Jungle Boy, but at the same time I don't even think Jungle Boy needs it at this point. So, like no, Jungle Boy doesn't, doesn't hurt. Yeah, Jungle Boy's really coming into his own in a serious way. So, um, all right. So let me think. What was the next thing? Was the next thing the all ego match? No. Damn it! All right, go ahead. So uh, after that, you had Marvez in the back with MJF, Sean Spears, and Wardlow. Right. And MJF being extremely confused as to why people were so upset about his attack on Dean Malenko last week. Because um, he, and I quote, you people are throwing rocks at me when you should be thanking me. 
Because I gave him an early retirement. You're welcome, pal. <laughs> He's such a good dick. I love uh, dude. Oh, MJF is so good. So freaking good, dude. And I didn't actually know until like until the last couple of weeks that Dean Malenko had Parkinson's. That was news to me. Yeah. Same. But um yeah, I wonder if it's like if it's a legit retirement because you can't because of that, or if this is just like, you know, an angle and he's gonna be back next week and whatever. But but the angle itself is really good. Anytime you get heat on the what's gonna be the top heel or like one of the top two heels in your company. Not a bad idea. And then of course, uh, Jericho and Hager, who are the only two members at the moment of the inner circle still around, attack the three members of the pinnacle. And uh, but as we as I point out, the math works out because MJF, because he's such a good shit heel and is going to beg off, kind of doesn't count as a third person. So I mean, you got in there though. It was oh man, I love that though because like oh man, our all of our hero Sammy G came out and just cleaned house, and then uh, basically challenged them. Well, said that he's going to have a match with MJF. Uh, next week, which I am super excited for. Oh, yeah. Um, That'll be really good. I just, I love that. Guess what, bitch? On Wednesday, I'm going to show you that I'm the best and you know it. Oh, my God. That was so good. I just, I love Sammy G just going to the, guess what, bitch? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was a good moment. I, and I think I said that. I think at the end of this whole thing between those two groups, uh, Sammy G's probably going to be the guy that comes out the best overall. Oh, absolutely. And that's, the way things are going. What? I was just saying, the, the way things are going, like, definitely. Yeah, yeah no, I think that's part of it's because MJF, like, the start of this is what established him, but I think by the end of this, what's going to establish uh, Sammy. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, All those so, guys are just destined for just such amazingly great things. Uh, then he, and then you got Jungle Boy. Like it is really fun to see a bunch of like young talent, um, that is legit getting to be at the top of the company. Yeah, it's super duper exciting. Like holy crap! Like we could easily see a decade from now a triple threat match with those three for a world title. Oh, easily. Uh, nice to know. Anyway, uh, so what was the next thing after the uh, the brawl? Uh, Next thing was a promo by God's favorite champion. Um, it was such a good line. <laughs> it was. I, it, it's weird. Like I would. It. It just seemed to come out of nowhere, though. This like. Like all of us, he's like going all religious on us now. Right. Which is interesting. It was just interesting. It wasn't bad at all. Like the promo was fantastic. Um. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it, it, really odd. it fits like a yeah, it fits like a uh, um, Eastern European vibe because you always like whenever I think of people from that area of the world, I always think of people that are devoutly religious. So it makes sense. But um, yeah, no, I love the promo. I don't know who they're gonna have them fight next. Uh, like I'm not sure oh, who's after Pillman. Oh yeah, after Pillman, right? Yeah, because they set that up, which I'm looking forward to. I'm. I'm yeah. not looking forward to Pillman losing, but I'm looking forward to Pillman showing what he can do. So, yeah, no, uh, it should be a good match for but, sure. 
And I'm just waiting for someone to tell me who the fuck is Griff Garrison. I'm just waiting. <laughs> who the <laughs> fuck is Griff Garrison? <laughs> Every time. Um, all right. So after that promo, um, I don't know. I, I asked my John Blank, who is it? After that, then you have the Ethan Page Bear Bronson match. I knew it. I knew I'd be right if I said it that time. Um, I like. I really thought this was a good match. Because like Bear Bronze is still, he hasn't really stepped out as much as Dante as far as like singles, even on dark. Because I think his partner just got injured. But I think yeah. as far as like showing his good, like showing what he can do, this match really was awesome. And uh, I made fun of Tony Khan for calling it power versus power. But then Ethan Page did a Ego's Edge where he actually launched a 260-pound man. And I was like, oh, I guess it was power versus power. Damn it. So yeah. Joke's on you. And I'm really, I am excited about the coffin match that was announced after that. Uh, with, I, I can't believe they have the guts to try and do something that's so closely related to The Undertaker. But I'm excited to see them try. And I'm also excited for a coffin match or casket match, as we can't call it in AEW, uh, to like move to live past the Undertaker. Because it is such a cool concept, but it was so specific for him, it's hard for other people to do it. So Yeah. Luckily, I mean it I I mean it fits Darby. Like yeah. pretty well. So that's fine. Oh, Darby and, like, can do it. The crazy look and the crazy look in Ethan Page's eyes as he was like coming up with the idea in the ring, oh. like during his promo, was so great. It's like I'm gonna be the nail in your coffin. The nail in your coffin. <laughs> oh. He's like, if so I'm gonna yeah. be the nail in your coffin, I should just put you in one. Coffin match. Two plus two does equal chair. <laughs> So yeah, we can't wait to see the crazy ass coffin drop off the top rope into the coffin by yep. Darby Allen at some point. Uh, that I'm, I'm pre afraid for what that's going to do if he misses it. So, all right. Um, yeah. So again, I don't know what the hell happened next. I'm stupid. Um. So I mean, after that. <clears throat> After that, you had uh, Britt Baker talking about the tag match against Guerrero and Rose. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. is fine. I'm not looking yeah, forward to seeing Vicky back in the ring. But uh, whatever. I mean, yeah. she doesn't have to do fun. anything. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then after that, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to give you a chance to guess anymore. Uh, after okay. that, the, you had the galaxy's greatest alien, Chris Statlander, with Orange Cassidy in her corner, taking right. on the bunny with the blade in her corner. Yeah. And yeah. I was... Solid match. Solid match. Like, good. Like, the fact that um, the women's division, they have an undercard now that's working. That's awesome. So, yeah. No, nothing to complain Absolutely. about there. Like, I mean, they're both really good. But, like, <clears throat> I don't know. Chris Statlander's just, like, it's really, really solid. Yeah. The Bunny's becoming a great character. Like, her in-ring work is, is really good. 
but her character work is what's really impressing me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, her character work is is really, really, really good. I mean, while the butcher's out there saving chipmunks and whatnot. Which is that. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's my... Um, all right, so I was after that match. After that, you have the main event, sir. That's what I thought. It had to be the main event because I couldn't remember anything else happening. Um, so, starting off with the return of a thousand miles from North Carolina was just so awesome. Uh, I I still want to know why North Carolina, but I'm not going to harp on it. I'm just I'm infinitely curious though. Uh, and I, then I, Jungle, I, I do hope we find out eventually. I hope so. I hope somebody lets it go. But yeah. then Jungle Boy comes out and it's like, oh, is he already the world champion? Because the crowd seems to think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and I like the almost instantaneous getting rid of uh, Gallows and Anderson and Jurassic Express. So that was, you know, because that's what you want from this kind of match. You want it to be competitive. So Absolutely. Yeah. Find maybe it's, a maybe it's a to get taken out of immediately. Yeah. And be, just and, be a problem. And I will say, as far as the match goes, because um, we both knew going into this that Omega was going to win. I, I kept saying, like, wouldn't it be nice if they, like, let Jungle Boy get a surprise win for, like, a week and then take it back? but at least he had that week. But I will say they did get me at least once in the match, yep. knowing that that wasn't going to happen. That roll-up out of the one-winning angel attempt, so I was like, oh, shit, because Omega let that three count come really, really close before he kicked out. So Yeah. No, that – oh, man. Dude, that completely got me, too. Like, holy crap. I And, and it's like like you said, you know, like, I mean, we, we knew who was going to win, obviously. Like, you're not going to have a – well, I say you're not, but who knows really with AEW. But 99% right. of the time, you're not going to have a world title change like that happen with no buildup or anything, you know? So, right. But, yeah, no, even knowing that, though, like, they, yeah, they still got me. Which they do right. every time. Like, I got to hand it to them. Yeah. I don't know what the – I don't know if it's the fact that – AEW doesn't have the track record that WWE has, so that's why it's able to. That's why I'm able to suspend my disbelief. Or if it's Maybe. that AEW has something better about the way that they're booking their matches that allows those moments to happen. I'm not sure which one it is, but I'm glad it's there because it makes watching wrestling a lot more fun. So, yeah, no, it's a great match. I um yeah, Jungle Boy definitely stepped up. I saw several things that say this was like the coming out party for Jungle Boy, even losing. He established himself. Uh I did like well, okay. I don't know what the relationship is going to be between the Hardy family office and the elite, but I really don't need them to be one super group. No, I I, I don't think that's happening. I think that was just a situation where <clears throat> Uh, like Christian Cage came out to help Jungle Boy, but he already has this thing going on with Hardy, so like they came out to attack him. Yeah, no, which I'm fine with. I it's part of faction warfare. Sometimes heels factions will help each other, even though they don't really like <clears throat> align with each other. Yeah, exactly. But, 
Yeah, because I, I don't think you're going to try and recreate the NWO the way um, Bischoff did it. The, so there's no point in making a super faction like that. Yeah, no, and I that wasn't happening. Like, okay. It scared I, me a I felt obvious. like it was pretty obvious that it wasn't happening, but eh. maybe he just had PTSD. Maybe that's why. Yeah, part of it. I, like I said, I don't hate the NWO. I just I hate the idea that people that don't understand what the NWO clearly was. Because, like, everybody complains about it being a super faction, but you and I have watched back the Nitros where it was created. It clearly wasn't a faction, but I'm afraid that that narrative has been put out there so much people are going to think that you can do that. I'm like, and no, you can't create a faction of a dozen people. You can create a brand and try to do its own thing of a dozen people, but please do not create a faction of a dozen people. That's not a good idea. Yeah, who so, do you think you are? New Japan? Yeah. Uh, maybe and again, I haven't seen a lot of the Bullet Club. Maybe the Bullet Club worked, and maybe I'm being afraid for nothing. I don't know, but no, my Bullet experience Club. tells me to be afraid of it. No, Bullet Club but, did work and are still working. Okay, you wouldn't but, know um, that. No. I wouldn't know that because I'm a horrible person. Yep, basically. Uh, yeah, no, I love the I love the match. I love the main event. It felt almost like a pay per view with that main event. Um. And I'm looking forward to Wednesday's show. I don't really think there's much more to add to it unless you got anything else you want to add about AEW this week. Um, no, it was just, this is really good. I, I just, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. it was a really Especially solid week. I'm looking forward to next week. Especially compared to this, what seems like the, if not a sinking ship, at least a very weird, like, ship in WWE, releasing even more people. And, I want to. I just. I don't. We don't talk about WWE because I don't watch it that much. But I did want to point something out that bugged me. Um, so the Nikki Cross thing, like everybody's making fun of the idea that the superhero gimmick is just stupid, which you know it is. It's it doesn't it work. But my biggest thing about it isn't that they, they did a superhero gimmick. It's that they look like the fucking blue blazer, and that's not in good taste. Like. <laughs> You should have picked a different color scheme of some kind. Just that reminded me way too much of Owen Hart, and that's not okay. Right. Just, just on that level, like if you want to do another gimmick, like superhero, like try to recapture the hurricane, fine, go for it. But don't make it look that much like the Blue Blazer. That that was the first thought that went in my head. That's not a good idea. So I just wanted to get that out there because I haven't seen anybody say that, but that's the literally the first thing that popped in my head. And I'm like, that's not good if that's the first thing I thought of. Well, so. it might just be that you're I, – I haven't really looked at it because yeah. I don't – I like kind of like you, I don't really watch the WWE at all. So, so I haven't actually seen it. Um, but, I mean, it might just be a thing to where, like – I don't know. Your maybe like your brain specifically might go to it right away, but okay. most people okay. it wouldn't. Well, I hope that's true because because if it's already a, a mockery worth idea because that's what the internet's been doing, but if but yeah, well whatever. Let's let that lie where it is, and we'll get into another company that failed spectacularly. WCW. Woo! By the way, that was a great segue. I'm. I'm really proud of that one. I'm not. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're going into 1995 Nitro. You can watch this on the Peacock Network. Um, if you had WWE Network, it is the same price for commercial free, so that's one thing at least. 
because yeah. we don't have WB Network anymore. Um, let me just pull up. I think we're in... I'm just trying ah. to get to the right year here. 95 will be the first season, quote-unquote. Yep. And, and it should be November 6th, right? I believe so, yeah, because the October 30th, no, actually, it might be October 30th, honestly, because uh, I should have looked up Halloween Havoc. One second. It might be the 30th because I, I recognize what um, the, in the thumbnail what Hogan's wearing, but I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Just one second. Let me try and pull that up. Also, it's kind of weird. Whenever you pull up the WCW stuff or the Nitro stuff specifically, um, it starts playing a snippet from the final match between Scott Steiner and uh, Booker T for the uh, the um, world title at the end of Nitro. Which just makes me sad. Like, yes, that's where it ended. Why do you have to remind me why <clears throat> where it's going to end? Um, where are you? I know Halloween Havoc's on here. I saw it the other day. At least I think it's on here. Every other pay-per-view's on here. There we go. One second. Shouldn't take me that long to find it. Just kind of go to 95. Do, 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 That's about as much as I'm going to do with that. Oh, you got All right. Entertain the people for half a second. They didn't put a date on the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view on the Peacock Network. I just got to Google something. Oh, All right. Man. I'm going to – don't worry, people. We'll still be around. I'm not going to get us taken off of all the airs ever. I'm gonna start I'm really with a little bit of a doo wop shoot a bop bop doo wop, but then I'm gonna turn it off. Yeah, please turn that off. Um, so according to the internet, Halloween Havoc was October 29th, 1995. So I believe that means it's October 30th is yep. the one that we're gonna be watching. That would be it then. So let me pull that up. Gotta get back there. While we're still waiting for him, I switched it to hit me, baby, one more time. But I so stopped it there. Okay, and then I switch it to bar, 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 but then I stop. I stop. I definitely stop. We're still on the air, so I switch it. I got nothing. You're playing fairly used the roulette. That's that's nice of you. Hey, I do it again. All right. Stupid. Well, Peacock. while we're waiting for him, I might as well give my cheese fact of the week. Oh, yeah. Well, that's actually, I got it right there, but go ahead. I forgot about the cheese fact. This cheese fact of the week is brought to you by me, the greatest. Um, so we are talking today about a special cheese. It's called moose cheese. It is roughly $450, or, well, yeah, uh, I would say, I don't actually know the currency they're using here. But I'm assuming it's regular dollars since I'm looking at it. So $450 roughly per pound. Uh, it's found in Bjørnholm, Sweden, uh, at a place called the Elk House. Uh, and it's the only place in the world that makes moose cheese. And it is specifically made, hopefully all three of these moose are still around, but it is specifically made by three domesticated moose. The, their names are, I'm, I'm, I apologize ahead of time. Uh, their names are, I believe, Gulen, 
Helga, and Juna. And the three of them together yield approximately 600 pounds of cheese per year. Well, that's a lot of cheese. That is a lot of cheese. I learn something every uh, new every week, and usually it's something about cheese, so that's nice to know. All right. You're welcome. So I've got October uh, 30th, 1995, Nitro pulled up, and yep. uh, we're at zero, so we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. There we go. And there's our classic Nitro intro, which we won't be skipping because it's only like 30 seconds anyway. So. All right. So, I mean, they're going to give you a bit of a, a back uh, backstory, but let, just to give you an idea of where we ended our last WCW series, um, Hulk Hogan got butt-fucked by a mummy. Woo! I feel like that pretty much sums it up. I don't think there's anything else I have there. <laughs> oh, the classic wrestling town of Dayton, Ohio. Classic! It literally looks like a slightly nicer high school gym. Hey, man, it's the 90s. What do you want? That's true. It's 1995. Even though the F was basically working on arenas that size. No. Oh, thank God. Pepe is back, along with Steve Mongo McMichael. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I had a chance to mention this, because I we were done with WCW stuff before I found this out. But apparently Mongo McMichael's having some health problems. So, oh, yeah? As much as I like to make fun of him, and I, I still will, because I, I mean it from a place of love. I really do. I find him entertaining. Um, I hope he gets better. I hope he, you know, I hope he's able to continue to be awesome for years to come. Just want to put that out there because, well, it's my first chance to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And I still think he never should have been a part of the Four Horsemen. <laughs> uh, that, that's a different conversation, but he's still, he's at least entertaining. So... Yeah, you can win and still say the truth. That's true. Like, his dog I, I really do not like the idea of not of of people believing they can't say the truth about something just yeah. because like, a particular person may not be doing well. Like yeah. you, your heart goes out to them, but at the same time, you're still allowed to like. I want to make that very clear. I am still going to very much make fun of Mongo when he does stuff that's silly and old school wrestling, but I just wanted to point out that I'm aware of his issues, and I really do find him entertaining, and it's all done with love. But I'm still going to make fun of him. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he gets better, and I still think he never should have been a part of the Four Horsemen. (laughs) Now, this is a person that should have been part of the Four Horsemen. Oh, here we go. Craig Pitbull Pittman. Woo! Oh, God, this... This is such a hard error for WCW because you think you're in the Nitro era with the NWO and you're not. You're in the this is WWE from Wish era basically. Because I think they just said he's going to fight BK Wall Street. He is really hungry. Like, really, really hungry. That was a very 90s sentence right there. People faxing in WCW, they just want to know. Oh, my God. It's Eddie Guerrero. Hey. It's one half of a good match. 
Do you think Eddie's back problem started when he had to carry WCW's um, wrestling quality? <laughs> you know, probably. <laughs> probably where it all began. Like him, Benoit, Jericho, basically the Radicals had to carry the wrestling quality of WCW for like six or seven years. Actually, I don't think it got seven years. I think it was like from 95 till 98, right? 99, somewhere like that. Yeah, something like that. Oh, Pittman just... I Okay, so Pittman, as far as like I've seen, because I've watched a lot of his matches re-watching Nitro, he, he has the athletic ability, but literally nobody's helped him figure out any kind of character. They're just like, Oh, you were in the military? That's your character. Yeah. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. Uh, that, like, martial arts spring up like that. Like, whoa! Oh, so he does have more than one character. Maybe he watched the movie Major Pain, and that's what he was trying to do, but he doesn't Maybe. have the comedic timing of a Damon Wayne's. So that is interesting because I'm fairly confident Major Pain came out after this, but I know it's it's close. It, it might have been after. You might be right, but I feel I'm like pretty sure Major Pain was late nineties. Hey, that let's is... go, Eddie, with the strength. I didn't just open the soda. Shut up. You shut up. Ooh. Oh, he is pumped. I'm actually, this is something I've actually been surprised of for a while. Sorry about that, everybody. I my finger slipped. I hit the wrong part of my screen and it ended the recording. So. Well, while right. your finger's slipping, I'm dying of heat over here. <laughs> so I'm at um, 5 minutes and 39 seconds. Where are you? I'm at 5.49. All right, let me just jump ahead a little bit. Yeah, jump ahead, jerk. Okay. Wait. There we go. All right, so we're at 549. Uh, if you want to sync back up, and we're going to hit play in three, two, one, and play. All right, sorry about that. Really was just a slip of the finger, hit the wrong part of my phone screen, and there you go. Um, but what I was going to say before, yeah, before I got cut off was I was just, um, I'm actually surprised watching old Eddie Guerrero because in my head, I saw his growth, like from his WWE time, like how big he got, as completely out of left field. And while he definitely did get way bigger, it you can see it. He his body structure is already there even now in '95. It's just yeah. he has a lot more muscle to it. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, cause in my in my brain, I remember him being looking like Sammy Guevara looks now. When he was younger, and that's that's just not the case. That's never not, yeah. Skinny. Right. Nice uppercut from Pittman. That's gonna win him the match right there. I wonder what Sergeant Pittman's doing now. I'll look that up because we're gonna see more of him, I'm sure, before we're done with this month. So I'm wondering what he, I'll look and see what he's up to right. for next week.
slap to the back of the head. I slap, slap, slap you. <laughs> well, well, he's as everyone knows because everyone's a giant uh, Pittman fan. With him working on the arm, he's setting up for the code red. His devastating arm breaker. Everybody knew that, right? Like, yeah, that's not just me. I'm My pretty sure it's just... pretty well known. <laughs> it's just not. Oh, that was actually a good throw. I honestly don't think I ever have seen Pittman win a match. Maybe once or twice, but for the most part, whenever you see him on Nitro, he's going to lose. Guerrero's in a lot of trouble. I mean, he's pretty much boned at this point. I don't even know what I would call that if I were announcing. Is that what was that like a insiguri to the lower back? Basically. Oh. Let's go, the springboard. Jesus. Like nineteen ninety five. What the nice. hell are you doing, That was a I mean, listen, jokes aside, that was a fucking Smooth as silk, belly to back. Yeah, or belly to belly. Jesus. He actually is. No, yeah. Pitt actually is impressing me with the suplexes in this match, which is not something I usually associate with. Because that was another good gut wrench. One, two, three. Oh. There it is. Oh my! Oh, that's where Darby got it. Well, clearly, they want Eddie Guerrero, and I saw a match in 95 when Eddie Guerrero won with the roll-up. So that's that's what we have to do, roll-ups all the time. Nothing but roll-ups. Basically. I mean, this that's also, basically how it works. <laughs> this is also a weird um, era for Eddie Guerrero because he is still Eddie Guerrero, so he's really good, but he's just not as entertaining when he's playing the straight baby face. And that's where he's at at this moment? Right. That's no fluke. That's a win. Oh, snap. I'm going to say at least that that does make me think of power versus power. Yeah. Well, we both know you were wrong at that, so. Right, right. No, I admitted it. I was wrong. Macho Man Randy Savage beating Scott Norton thanks to the interference of the shark. Oh, yeah. I don't know why nobody ever seemed to figure out a way to use John Tenta in a legit way. Yeah. 
like his first run with Hogan in the early, in the late eighties was really fucking good. But after that, like as much as I liked the natural disasters as a kid, he just never got anywhere again. I don't know why. I mean, besides the fact when he came to WCW they put him in like cartoon gimmick after cartoon gimmick. But Because I think the shark was just one step. I think at some point it was also called the avalanche. Because get it? No. Oh, well, he was called the earthquake in WWE. And since WCW at the time had very few original ideas, they went with the avalanche, which can be caused by earthquakes. Can you Can you explain that a little slower? I just don't get it. I honestly don't think I can. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, okay. have to go not knowing now. For the joke, I would love to, but my brain just said no. I cannot <laughs> jump that down anymore. <laughs> so here's the one piece of trivia that I'm sure they're going to tell you about. Uh, Flash Norton in this match, he is a championship uh, arm wrestler, and that's where he got his nickname Flash from. So I just saved you having to listen to the commentary because that's literally all they ever talked about with Flash Norton in this era. So. Hmm. I really want to... I mean, I have a lot of reasons to get more into New Japan, but I really would love to go back into the era of when Flash Norton was in New Japan to see how he um, went over there because apparently he's a much bigger star in Japan. Yeah, because he was. I just I want to see like what the difference is. It's the exact same gimmick, and it's just the Japanese responded to it. Jeez, that was a yeah, that was an impressive body slam. So strong. So much power. Oh my god, it's going to be a shark attack. <laughs> Did you see, uh, uh, what the hell's his name? Damn it. Um, Nick Patrick. Did you see Nick Patrick's reaction? What was that? I couldn't hear you. Did you see Nick Patrick's reaction when they both hit the double clothesline? No. He he just said, whoa. What the heck? Okay, so this is a really, this is actually a pretty decent 95 storyline. Um, I think plays out mostly on Saturday night, so I'll just tell you what it's about. Uh, Bobby Heenan is over there with Sonny Bono, who we're going to get to know because of Ultimo Dragon later. But uh, he in, basically he is lying to the Japanese and saying that he has the authority to sell WCW to them. And so that that's where you're going to see him with Sonny Bono, like whining and dining them, you know, trying to make a business deal go down, even though he doesn't have that kind of authority, obviously. Huh. It, it's a pretty decent storyline for 95 WCW. Oh, thank God. I don't think either of these two guys are going to have to do the job. 
Yep, they both got caught out because God forbid somebody lose in this match. Yeah, well, neither of them can really afford it at this point. I feel They're both like being skyrocketed to the top. A loss would be pretty bad. I feel like the shark being um, Hulk Hogan's friend could have probably stood just to to put uh, Norton over. Like, no. Absolutely. Careful, bro. Those W's are not paid off yet. <laughs> I love Sonny Ono. So, actually, Sonny, I don't know how much you know about Sonny's history with um, WCW. He's actually good friends with Eric Bischoff. Yeah, and Legit is the guy, for anybody that doesn't know, he's legit the guy that was their liaison with New Japan Wrestling in this era to bring over the Japanese wrestlers that we're going to see. Um, we might see them in this month or not, I don't know, but they do definitely show up pretty soon after this in WCW. It was so incredible. Remember when the Yeti came out and he definitely wasn't wrapped in toilet paper? Yeah, I remember. You remember? <laughs> oh, and then somehow Ric Flair betrayed Sting of all people? Man, yeah. That's insane, man. I mean, how could Sting have saw it coming? Uh, it'd be a hilarious like joke for Ric Flair to show up in AEW just to double cross Sting for some reason. I mean, it'd be hilarious to me. I don't think it would actually work. I just think it'd be funny to me. I'd be very upset. I know you would be, buddy. I know. And you would probably be right to would be you'd, you would be right to be upset. I like to think so. It was a farce. But who will the fourth horseman be? Who I say? Who? There has to be a fourth one. Actually, for like five seconds, there is a fourth one, and it's a really good idea. <laughs> Haven't you heard of the three horsemen? Uh, too bad Brian Pillman, uh, well, wasn't getting paid what he's worth. Yeah. You got that right. Careful. They gave that guy that Hogan foam for free. Rick, you stepped on the foam. That's all right.
Brian Pillman, like, I know, I know, I've said it before. It's all 2020. At the time, it wasn't as insane as it is now. But man, they should have taken a chance on him and, and kept him in WCW. Absolutely was, not. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm stupid. Yeah. Never would have worked. Because with, without Brian Pillman leaving, we don't get the greatest horseman of all time. A man so synonymous with the four horsemen, you've mentioned it several times in this episode. Yeah. His pond scum. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that the closed captain people had to give up there for a second. Yep. I like that. Indistinct. I feel like he's just say flare noises. <laughs> Basically, I like obviously you gotta love Ric Flair, but the man, as far as all the promos I've seen, they're just so rambly. I don't know how he got to be known as the greatest promo, other than the energy he always brings to a promo. I think it's just pure energy. Because like he can like he constantly repeats himself, <laughs> and then you have to go to indistinct with the closed captioning, <laughs> which is not their fault, by the way. Because I really pay attention and I can't understand sometimes what he's saying. Yeah. Now there's the match I wish we'd be watching. Why? Why? Why they put the Renegade and Cobra together, I have no idea. I mean, that's just classic tag teaming, ain't it? I, apparently it is, yes. Apparently it's classic tag team wrestling. And here's what I think of when I think of 95 WCW, Sabu. Yep. It's so fucking weird that Sabu is here for this time period. Whew. Oh, God. No, I'm dying. So, if anybody, I might like try and sell this whole podcast on this match. So, you know, as a wrestling fan, you constantly want to see Sabu versus Disco Inferno. 
Yeah. Well, are you in luck? I mean, this is the match we've all been waiting for right here. I mean, you were just telling me last night when you were watching Kenny Omega and uh, Jungle, you're like, I wish this was more like Disco Inferno versus Sabu. I'm sorry, did I go too far? No, no, no. <laughs> did I just end our friendship? Is that is that the end? We're friends. Oh, good. You know, that's fair. Get it? Monday Night Fever. Like, oh, Saturday Night Fever. Now I get it. You can't punch Disco in the face. He's not a wrestler. Just it literally doesn't make sense to see Sabu wrestling Sabu style in 1995 WCW. Like yeah. it would make yeah. sense in like '98 or '96 somewhere in there. Well, at least a little bit more sense, I guess. In the crowd, like up on the second level, there's this old lady there that was clearly dragged by somebody that she does not like. And is just pissed off that she has to be at a wrestling event. And I only point that out because I've seen it's like every once in a while the show close up and like her scowling face, the only thing I can fucking see. Oh, dance moves. So sick. He didn't even, like, try and get... Uh, I mean, his solar plexus was affected by the turnbuckle, though. I mean, I guess without a table, that is the closest thing that Sabu has to a finisher. I also, I, I say this a lot whenever we see Sabu in any context, but I want to point something out that just occurred to me. You can look at him right now. This is 95. This is before most of the big ECW shit has even started. Ooh. Yeah. And he's already got scars all over the fucking place on his body, like huge scars. Like, how is he still alive is my main question. And also, I don't think that was supposed to be um, look like a powerbomb for Disco Inferno. Maybe it was. I don't know. I think it was supposed to be like a Hurricane Rana or something. There we go. 
And Disco or Sabu because he did that, get power bombed by having got himself a table. Yeah. One, one, one. Entertain the crowd. I'll be right back. Okay. So, everybody, we're about to see Disco Inferno. This is also the weird thing because, again, this is so anachronistic. Every Sabu match, if you guys don't remember from the like months ago when we did this last, in WCW ends with a table, even oh, even though there's no hardcore wrestling. And obviously, this is before they learned how to cut a table because Jesus, that looked like it was painful. Oh, I just oh man, table did not really bend at all. Like you can see the crack in it, but that was that was nasty landing. Good right, for this though. So um I was just telling the people uh Sabu just went to do a flip over the top rope onto this go through that table. But they did not cut that table at all. It did not bend. It just sort of cracked a little bit on Sabu's nice. back. Yeah that was that was not pleasant looking. Sorry, I hope that sound effect wasn't too bad for you guys. But I had to do a sound effect for the fireworks. The road, the road to Nitro go through Dayton. So I mean, they're talking about like next week's Nitro? Yeah. yeah, what? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, the team we've all been looking forward to. Yep. And again, I said this last time we watched WCW, Ming does not even bother wearing the mask. No. Man, Luger fits right in with all these crazy people. Yeah, no, this this is one of the saddest parts for Luger's uh, WCW tenure because he wanted to be the four horsemen. And if it wasn't going to be Pillman, it really should have been him if I had to put my money on it. But nope, they decided he fit better with the Dungeon of Doom. So I mean, just classic grouping right there. Oh, thank God! Here they come, the American males. Not to be confused with like the French males or the British males or the Canadian males, for that matter. I'll have you know, this is one of the great unsung tag teams. Former world champions. Yep. I think they won the world titles at this point because it was like a fluke win against Harlem Heat that they lost almost immediately. Doing what we were talking about with Jungle Boy, but in the wrong way. Oh, Scotty. Scotty Riggs. Well, here you got classic tag team specialists versus two great singles competitors. Right. (laughs) It's basically like the Rockers... Uh, versus Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. 
I mean, that's pretty much just like a correct, uh, like a direct correlation there. It's one to one, really. Yeah. This might actually be the main event for all I know. I honestly don't know how much is left on the show. No, not the commercial. We just got started. No! Also, well, okay. I'll give it to you because technically Halloween's supposed to be tomorrow even though Halloween Havoc was yesterday. Right. I was going to make fun of him for having the jack-o'-lantern, but it makes sense. Joke's on you. Joke's on me. I, I clearly... I just clearly fucked up there. Yeah. You know, that's actually specifically why they did it that way. It's for anyone who saw it after Halloween Havoc, saw that pumpkin there, they could be like, Phew, what idiots. How could they leave that after Halloween Havoc? And then they have to like think about it for a few minutes and go, like, oh, wait, actually, I'm the idiot. I'm so sorry, WCW. Please take all my money. Basically. Yeah, then they just feel so horribly guilty over being wrong that they have to buy tickets. Do you think anybody bought tickets in 1995? <laughs> Don't be stupid. That's fair. I still don't, like, I mean, I guess it's just to kind of get us used to the Flex Luger main Dungeon of Doom team up. That's why they're doing this tag match. Because it is random as hell for them to fight the American males of all people. Yeah. I don't get it. I think it's, it literally just has to be there just because we have to see Luger with the Dungeon of Doom. That's all. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Later on, this will actually be uh, half of this will actually be a world title match because Lex Luger, I think, fights Buff Bagwell for a world title like late in WCW when it's you know not doing so well. I don't know why you need to distract a ref for that. That's a perfectly legal tag team move. I, I don't know. They're playing, dude. They're playing like five D chess right now, and we're on we're on checkers. <laughs> so what you're saying is WCW is so good that we just lack the ability to comprehend it fully. Exactly. I mean, it would explain a lot. Yeah, no, I'm actually because I found the nitros. I can't watch the thunders anymore. But since I found the Nitros, I started watching back in 98 where I left off. And I, I'm going to say it's a little bit different than this uh, Nitro we've watched so far today. Just a little? Yeah, just a little. I mean, I just got to see Stain join the Red and Black Wolf Pack. So, slightly wow. more high stakes. can't believe you just wrote, like... Spoiler warning, dude. My God, shit, I'm, I'm sorry. Like when in like six or seven years at the rate that we do WCW, when we get to that time frame, I'll definitely um, try to make sure you guys don't remember that I spoiled this for you already. God. So I saw a thing. Um, 
think it was on uh, Facebook. It was a question like, if you had to pick any WCW wrestler to back you up in a fight, who would you pick? And I literally had really to... Yeah, go ahead. I said, is that really a question? I feel like it's pretty obvious to anyone who knows wrestling. Okay, who would you pick? Ming. Yes, that was, that was the point I was going to get to, though. Because the question was posed in a way that I wasn't sure if you were picking somebody for a match or a fight. A real-life fight, Ming is obvious. But yeah. a match in WCW, Goldberg. Because you know you're going to win because yeah. Goldberg. Exactly. That's fine. But no, I, I, I took it just based on how you were saying it. I took yeah. it as a straight-up fight. Which, if that's the yeah. case, it's, it's, it's Ming all day. I want That was my fault because the way it was posed definitely made not 100% sure which way they were going with it. But yes, anybody that knows anything about wrestling would pick me, which is why that came into my head. <laughs> or I guess now you could pick his uh, twin sons because they're younger. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how Ming's holding up physically anymore. Oh, God. Please, tag in. Wait, what's his? Marcus. His name is Marcus at this point. He's not buff yet. <laughs> Let's go, Marcus. Here we go. It is pretty crazy to think how much bigger he gets. Yeah. No, he definitely earns the nickname buff. And I think part of it has to do, because, like, I just, just after a few weeks... I think after I stopped watching Nitro, he had just got on the injured list. And I think part of the reason he gets so big is because he's on the injured list for like a year and just spent time just building up his body. Yeah. Well, Ming just cleaning house. Yep. I don't know why, but for some reason I think of him as being taller too, though. Like when he gets bigger. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I... You're right, he does seem, like, short in comparison to, like, Lex Luger, but later on, you feel like he would be about the same size. Yeah, I think it might have to do with probably, like, the boots he wears or something. It could be. Later on. Like, yeah, later on, he probably had white wrestling boots that, like, add height to him, probably. Yeah, he can add a couple inches easily. Like, Kane, Kane for example, is only, like, 6'8 or 6'9, I think, but he gets to be so much taller because his boots are so high. Yeah. Bobby Heenan just there for a paycheck, getting more and more drunk. <laughs> Mongo, will you please give that lady back her dog? That's why she's so pissed in the crowd. Yeah, right? No, I got him. Got him. Got him. I don't know if that would be in this month, but I want to point out to everybody because it's in the same time period that um, because of the limited stuff that's up here for WCW, if this month happens to have the famous uh, Clash of Champions episode, we might have to skip it. 
don't, like I know it's in 95 and the reason I'm thinking of it is because it's the famous ep- episode where uh, Brian Pillman grabs Bobby Heenan and Bobby Heenan freaks out on live TV but I don't think those are up here so we'll have to skip it if it is so. yeah probably but again it might not even be November maybe maybe it's in a different month and by the time we end up getting back to WCW it'll be there I don't know That son of a bitch, Jimmy Hart. With the proto NWO Hulk Hogan. Right. Oh, thank God. I was hoping they'd, I was afraid they wouldn't show this. I didn't say hoping because I was really, really hoping not to have to watch this again. Oh, I, I have to remind myself that this is Paul White's literal first match ever. Yeah. So I won't make fun of him for the crappy, crappy bear hug that he has on Hogan right now. Yeah, yeah, T. I think even if they had their original idea, that that would have still been bad. Yeah. So for anybody, I, I'm sure I mentioned it, but the, the original idea for the Yeti was supposed to be, if you remember from WrestleMania 9, Giant Gonzalez, and I'm guessing just based on their track record that they were going to build him a suit that sort of looked like his WWF suit, but maybe white, which is still a bad idea, but would have been better than this, I think. But yeah, they basically couldn't get the giant Gonzalez because of uh, visa issues. So they had another big guy that they had. So they wrapped him up like a mummy so you can see who he was. So that's how we got a Yeti. Go ahead. I said, and because Yetis are basically mummies. Right. And that's how we got a Yeti butt raping Hulk Hogan at the end of the pay per view. So I won't make you guys go through the whole promo, but basically Jimmy Hart had control of Hulk Hogan's contract and he signed it so that if Hogan got disqualified, Hogan lost the title, thereby letting Jimmy Hart get him disqualified. And that's how the Giant became the world champion. Um, But we'll see how that works out for him. But I don't know. Here, this is a real question because wrestling is very fluid. Does that mean that technically Paul White is the only guy to ever premiere in his first ever match and win the world title? Um, no. Because he because he it doesn't count because he got Spotify and later they screwed up because of contract stuff. Well, that and I think it's been I. I don't think he's the only one, either way. I think uh, it's been done again, but I don't remember exactly. I Actually, because I mentioned David Arquette, I, the only reason I don't think he would count is because I think he had another match before the actual world title match where he won. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking of him. 
Yeah. Well, I just want to bring it up because I mentioned him at the beginning of the match, so I, that's why I didn't immediately think there was two. But you're, you might be right. There might be another person that I'm just not thinking of. No, I feel like there is, and I feel like we're just not thinking of them for whatever reason. Probably because it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> Probably. Almost like it's using your world title as just a prop and not giving you any kind of respect. You put it on somebody that's never had a match before. Poor Tony. Right? Like, Paul, I can hold the microphone. That's why he's just posing. That's that's what he's good at. Oh, okay. It just seems kind of non-sequitur to what's going on in the ring right now. I will say something for Paul White. He's the only guy that when he gets the world title, basically makes the WCW world title look like normal-sized. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. Because everybody else, it looks giant on him. Just him, it's like, no, oh, that just looks like a normal belt. Yeah. Hey, and, and that's it. <laughs> that's how you want to send your, your fans home from your match or from your show. With a shitty-ass interview. Yep. So there we go. Um, we're moving on next week to... I'm not actually sure how many uh, Nitros we're going to hit before the next pay-per-view. It's sometime in November. Uh, but next week's going to be November 6th, 95. And uh, we get to see Johnny Me Bad versus Eddie Guerrero. So, Woo. I mean, for 95 WCW, that's actually pretty good. So, yeah, let's sure. enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's fine. Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't have anything really to add. Did you want to, before I do the, you know, end of the show stuff, anything else you want to add about Nitro? Um, that's fine. Like it's it's, I'm, it's it's a slog. I'm not gonna lie, dude. It's a it's a bit of a slog to get through get through these years. But but yeah. hey, we're gonna do it, and we're gonna do it together. Yeah, and we're gonna make fun of it as we do it. Damn Skippy. Um, but yeah. So thanks for listening. Um, thanks Eric Bowman for the theme song. Uh, let's see. Well, I think I'm trying to think of when this is coming out. So this would be. So this Friday, if I'm doing my math right, which will be July 2nd, there will be a bonus episode because July is going to have several bonus episodes because it's our big year anniversary, lead up to the year anniversary episode. Um, but yeah, this Friday is me and DJ Madman. We watched three episodes of The Clone Wars back to back because it's all one story arc. And we just talked about all three episodes. So it's like an hour long episode. But it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. And, um, yeah, other than that, join us back here for Nitro. And on Monday, join us for some Klingon blood in uh, Deep Space Nine. Because that's what the next episode of that's going to be. So, woo. Woo. Hanky, hanky, hanky. Yeah, what he said. All right, have a good night, everybody. Deuces.